Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs, 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 clubs. Hello, welcome back to the Different Knock Live. Apologies, we're a few minutes late. Um, Rohan, I've never seen someone take so long to untangle some headphones. Oh god. Are you okay? <laughs> I've got it sorted now. I've got it sorted. <laughs> it was so it was jumbled. Literally, I completely we sat, forgot we about sat it. in the waiting room. I was <laughs> I'm not for about a minute just watching this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was so frustrated. And then there was the pressure of you looking at me and thought, one sec. Yeah. I was, then I was fumbling. I was bottling it under pressure. You were bottling it. I was bottling it under pressure. You're bottling it like Arsenal at the end of last season. Do you do you accept that? Because someone someone I was on um, the Ripple Effect this week with James Alcott, and he used the word bottle, and I just I don't accept it. And the thing is, is there's no way of me saying that without it coming across bitter. So I didn't I didn't I didn't say it. I didn't you know you know I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare. Um, but you know I, I didn't say anything. But I, I do think, it, did we bottle it? Is that fair? Do we realise the run that Man City went on? We we bottled it against the treble winners with Rob Holding at centre-back. We're the youngest team in the league. If that's bottling it, then fair enough. But Jesus Christ. You just have to ask yourself the question. How do we do... Sorry, I'll, 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 we'll let you speak at some point. Um, <laughs> how do you define bottling it? I would say if you were in... If you were ahead towards the end of April with a five-point lead, I'd say that's a bottle. Sort of where we were there, wasn't it? <laughs> not, not at the end of April. 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 Yeah, they'd kind of caught up. We were kind of there in sort of what, like February, March time. Yeah, but I think I think you have to look at the, the factors behind it. You look at Man City's run that they went on after the international break. What was it's it like? A joke. It's, it's a joke. And... You know, I think, you know, we talk about Rob Holding. Obviously, Arteta could have done better to kind of mitigate his influence by yep. changing it earlier, which is what we were we were pushing for so for so long, you know, with the Kivior shout of moving him at right centre-back, which is what he did eventually, but it, it came too late. I don't think we would have won the league anyway had we have done that from the get-go had Saliba, with Saliba's injury, but it probably would have given us... A slightly better well, you know, it would have given us a slightly better chance. However, I don't think you can call it a bottle because of who we were up against and the run that they went on. 
you know, they won what? I think it yeah. was 11 games in a row. So I think, I think like, I can understand people who say if you look at it in isolation, it's a bottle. But when you look at like the history of football, it's like saying a team who lost out to the United treble winners. It's like saying Bayern Munich bottled it in the Champions League final. It's like, yeah, but they lost it. But you can lose something without without bottling it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't yes. like those terms anyway. No. Mm. Right, James Allcott, yeah. if you're watching. I don't like those terms. He isn't. I, think, I, think, I think you need to have a look. You have to dive a little bit deeper. This is why I should, I should only be talking to you. I shouldn't be talking to anyone else. You shouldn't be talking to anyone else. Oh, God. That might going. Um, what is the cringiest thing you've seen on the internet today? I've got an answer. The cringiest thing? Yep. Do you want my answer? Go on. I don't know, but I've, I've not okay. seen it. <laughs> okay, have a look at this. Have a look at it. Yeah, fell short, MM, in the in the chat. Fell short, exactly. Um, can you see that? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah! I completely, I completely forgot about that. That is, that is cringe. That is cringe. John Terry put on his Instagram. Who by? How old is John Terry? How old is John Terry? He's in his forties. He's forty-three. A forty-three-year-old man put on his Instagram story. When I'm at the training ground, I have to switch these off. Bikasu, I hate seeing the red in our building. I've done this every day as a player, also. I mean, for goodness sake. So John Terry doesn't eat anything that is red, no tomatoes. No. I know some people listen to this on audio. It's a picture of 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 a plug with one of the one of the plugs is turned on, one of them's turned off, and you can see some red. Switch, I mean for being more accurate. Yeah, a switch. That's the <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. That's the word I was looking for. Um how are you, Rohan? Very good, very good. Even better seeing you now. I'll, I'll oh, say the Wolves Man United game was really annoying me. I was watching that before coming on here. Yeah, and uh, uh, it's the worst Rohan, of the Wolves all season. Hmm? Rohan tried to get us to change the time, but uh, I can't do another time. Oh, here we go in the chat. Latte firm. Look at you two stars. Let's fucking go, guys. Guys, if you're not subscribed to Faisal or Latte firm, you are missing out. Absolute legend and very nice guy and a very good content creator and great stuff. Go check him out. Um, thank you, everyone else in the chat. I'm now going to do some. Faisal's such a good host. I just sort of free will. He does like he he, he can just pull in and out. He's like got slides prepared. I got nothing, mate. Snap I'm, check I'm sharing the, my screen. I'm straight check. up sharing my like Safari screen. <laughs> <laughs> snack check. What's an elite segment? Elite segment. What have I got? I got bought this. I've got nothing. Emergency chocolate. For the immediate relief of chocolate cravings, love sickness, exam pressure, and extreme hunger. Are you feeling love sickness, Rohan? Any chance? Wait, can you repeat that? What was the what was the other bit? The, the, the immediate relief of chocolate cravings, love yeah. sickness, exam pressure, and extreme hunger. We nearly spoke about your love life last week when you went to Thailand, but we don't want you don't want to go there. No, that is, that is <laughs> not my love. <laughs> Welcome back. Ignore to him. Ignore him. Live. He, um, ignore, me. ignore me. Ignore me. Ignore <laughs> me. Uh, so we had a game against Nottingham Forest, didn't we? Yeah. where we put more goals in their net than they put in our net. So we Crash won the game that. with three points. Uh, but some people weren't happy where they were, Han. They weren't happy at all. Yeah. Um, how did you How did you take that game? Uh, I actually thought it was a really good performance. And it's a continuation of the good work that we have been doing um, post Newcastle away, in my opinion. You know, I think the first half, I, I had a little look on the timeline. As you know, I don't, I don't have my phone on during Arsenal games. Only oh, well, about time and full time. Got to just watch the game. Got to be in the zone. And 
um, and and I think uh, um, the big narrative was the that Arsenal didn't create enough in the first half, which for me I disagreed with because for me the biggest issue that we had in the first half wasn't the fact that Forrest supposedly made it difficult for us. I didn't think they made it particularly difficult for us. We had a lot of touches in the box and a lot of situations in which had we played with more instinct, which is something that I've been alluding to for yes. a while now, we would have we would have created clear opportunities. From Define playing with instinct, because I think that's so, something to, to So, so to we'll, we'll probably go into this more, but playing no, no. with instinct, for example, <laughs> Emil Smith wrote, in the first half, I don't know if you remember it, Jesus plays the pass into him on the edge of the box, he gets out of his feet and bang, hits it straight away. He doesn't think about it, just strikes um, the ball once, it come, once he gets out of his feet. That's instinct. You're not thinking about it. You're, you know you're in a promising situation and you just play with the motion. You just you just go with the, the momentum of that specific passage of play. Whereas yeah. what we did and what we do a lot this season and the numbers back this, back this up as well in terms of Arsenal having the most touches in the box out of anyone else in the league is that we play an extra pass. We take an extra touch. And when you take an extra touch, it allows the opposition to get that extra body in front and make that chance look from a really promising one to one that becomes incredibly difficult to score from. And do you know how else, many? Do you know many what else shots? it does, though, Rohan? Do you know what else it does? Look at that, boys. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. But it shows <laughs> that last the, strike it, is it really annoying, dominance. though. Isn't it shows it? the that, dominance that you're talking it shows, about. It shows the dominance, and it shows why Arsenal, in terms of from a defensive point of view, they've conceded the less XG out of anyone in the league. Because the control that we have, and it is, it's an approach that we've moved more towards this season um, relative to last season, slightly less vertical. Um, that's down to how the opposition is set up, but also down to how we want to stop the volume of transitions that we face. And you stop that by making sure that you keep the ball and you do not play those passes that are far too much on the opposite end of the spectrum of risk. Because then if you concede... If you, if you lose the ball in those scenarios, it mm. gives the opposition a really good opportunity to, to turn over possession and counter. And that was probably the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues we had towards the latter stages of last season and where we fell away. We conceded far too many transitions. Um, and that is why, you know, you, you see the field tilt illustrates that. It, it illustrates how, how much control and dominance we have. But going back to the, the first half is that there were so many moments in the box where had we played a little bit more instinct, I think we would have converted those moments into proper opportunities, you know, and, and, and that's the frustrating. But we'll probably talk more about it. I did think that we tweaked something towards the end of the first half and into the second half that I think has been the catalyst to our rise in terms of chance creation post Newcastle. And I thought we that that was massive in terms of how um, we, we eventually won the game against five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um. There's there's so many ways to take this, uh, and and you know looking at the, a couple of people in the comments, how can you consider the Forest game a good performance? Only three shots on target. Ivan Smith saying we scored both of our goals when Forest were drawn out a bit more, and we had space. Should we should we be focusing on that more than field tilt? Um, I am joking, Ivan. To be clear, um, <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Keys, uh, Forest played the lowest low block of all time, one point five seconds. She's quite good in context. I suppose what I'm saying is there's a lot of different ways of viewing this game, right? I think what you said there, though, that is interesting is about the the tweak from the first to the second half. That's the thing that's changed. Or or certainly in that game did change. I haven't seen Arteta, in in my experience so far this season, be able to work out the systemic issues within the game 
what he's done is we've had games where we've been frustrated and we've dug something out. We just got over the line with a Declan Rice header or a Kai Havertz at the back post, you know, one moment of brilliance. Or we've uh, had a moment where he's changed something massively and changed some personnel around and, it, and it's moved the game on or there's been a game changing or whatever. What we haven't seen, um, it's ironic because he, when it, not ironic, but when he when he runs in after um, after the, the halftime, do you see that? When it, at halftime, yeah, yeah, he just yeah. runs in. It's got a clock, weren't it? Clop yeah, it was. And I imagine his message, and, and it looks like his message was, for me, the tweak was drop a little bit further back, invite some pressure. And when you do that, and don't just spend all your time further forward, different combinations begin to, can begin to emerge. People can have a bit more space and players can have a bit more space to move in and out. I felt as though in the first half, we almost had like the three and the two. And it's this is my whole thing about the positional rotation this season. It's Yes, we are still positionally rotating, but the point of positional rotation isn't just to go, oh, look, Martinelli's at centre forward. That's not the point. The point is when Martinelli comes inside, what happens in that motion? As he comes inside, what is he doing? He's pulling the fullback. He's creating the same thing with Zinchenko, at the uh, inverted fullback. He's he's making a, a question mark for the fullback. Do I stay or do I go? And then Jesus can move out or whatever. It's not just about swapping positions and standing there. And that's what we're doing in the first half. What we began to see, I thought, was Smith Rowe combining on the right-hand side, White stepping forward, um, Jesus coming out and also, and and, and uh, what's, the, what's the phrase, vacating space in the centre and creating some 2v1s out wide, having some different types of combinations. I think when we're so close to each other, William Saliba's basically stood in the penalty box. There's, it's so rigid and, and restricted and you can't create the, those combinations. And that's the thing I haven't seen change from Arteta, is his, his ability in-game which is quite exciting to go, that's the problem, let's fix that. Yeah, it's also uh, worth noting is that Forrest kind of played into that trap of as we moved a little bit deeper and invited them. Yeah, they, they stepped up. They, they stepped up. A lot of teams this season in which when we have been doing this, they they don't step up, they stay in their block. They're very happy for the, for, for Arsenal to, to, to drop deeper and they won't follow, they won't set that trap. It's very Deserby-esque in terms of you're, you're drawing the team to come onto you and then mm. you're hitting them and finding the space behind the last line, artificial transitions. You know, it's a case of you're you're trying to create the space through your movement and how you drop deep. For me, yeah. the biggest tweak, and that kind of that that basically goes towards your point, is Erdegaard dropping deeper towards the second half because Forest set up four four two as teams do, and the two number eights, the two number sixes, I think Mangala and Danilo, they would man mark uh, Smith Rowe and Erdegaard when they're between the lines. And actually, they were also following them when they were receding wide, which was interesting because a lot of teams haven't been doing that with their number sixes. When our number eights have moved wide, they're very happy for them to receive it wide, but they're not going to vacate the centre. Mm. The Forest number sixes followed them. And Erdegaard dropping deeper, that's been, for me, the catalyst to our rising chance creation post-Newcastle away. Um, and in the, I'd say towards the end of the first half and throughout the second half, Erdegaard dropping deeper, it allowed White to push forward yep. and higher, make, not, not necessarily standing high, but making that movement. When Erdegaard drops, White comes out wide and mm. makes that run. And then Saka takes the space that Erdegaard has vacated. So it's that three-way triangle, um, but it's how you kind of position those players. Where in the first half, Erdegaard was between the lines, White was deeper and Saka was touchline. Whereas yep. in the second half, normally that's still how it stayed, but yep. it was the rotation. Erdegaard drops, White moves wide, and then yep. Saka comes in. And that's, I think that goes to your point about rotation. It's not so 
for example, like Saka didn't start in the half space in the second half. He still stayed touchline, but the trigger when Erdegaard dropped, it pulled Mangala higher. And when Mangala came higher, Jesus would drop into the right-hand side and pin the centre-back to stop him from stepping onto Saka. And that meant that Saka could come inside because White is now occupying the fullback and also the winger. So that, that triangle, the way that we used it, for me, it gives you better balance because it allows Saka to come more inside. White provides a really good overlap on the run. He's not necessarily someone who... You know, there's, there's certain fullbacks where they receive it touchline and they'll beat their man from a stand start. White needs to make that run. He's yep. that type of fullback. And Erdegaard is at his best when you're playing and orchestrating from the right-hand side when he's deeper and he's facilitating yep. because you Agreed. want him to have a feel for the game, a feel for the tempo, yep. lots of touches and runners are around him. Yeah, I don't want him receiving on the last line. Yeah, And he and he does that. And he, he That's what he's doing the first half. That's he what can he's do that. But again, yeah. he receives it and you, his body's going, well, I want to go back. <laughs> yeah, Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. not, he's not, when is Erdogan going to take it on his back foot and drive into the box? It's not going to happen. So, yeah, I, I just think it's about getting those. And, and again, from a coaching perspective, not to get too technical, but, you know, those distances, if you squeeze up, you get a lot of benefits from that as well. You know, the counter press is a lot easier. Um, it's a lot easier to, to sustain sort of pressure. Um, you often force teams long. So, you win with the ball. You know, there's loads of benefits, but, it, you know, the, the line height thing, it's not, it's not about going, Right, we've got to press high all the time. It's about what does this game need, and and that's the yeah. exciting thing. I also want to, you know, that that one hundred percent is a thing, and you know that can be in a box, but other boxes are like the instinct thing, you know, in terms of how how we improve on that, and that was improving uh, during the game. And I think, um, sorry, just just the no, point, go going back to my point, instinct. I've never no. cut you off, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how, so so this is where I would apply a criticism to Arteta this season, right? So. There's that quote from Pep, you know, my job is to take you into the final third. My job is to orchestrate build-up, find yeah, the yeah, best yeah. possible way to press, how to counter teams who are pressing, etc. And then once you get into the box in the final third, you have to finish those opportunities. And I think that quote is used as a way of saying Arteta can't do anything when players get into the box. Yes. Granted that Arteta, the responsibility that he has when we are in the box, his responsibility isn't as high as opposed to other aspects. But mm. what Arteta can do when we get into the final third is put players in the optimum positions when well, we get they can into the do scenarios. their superpowers. Exactly. That's, so yeah, that's, that's another that's one of the boxes. And this yeah, is another yeah. one of the boxes. So Mohamed yeah. Vasha says playing inverted fullbacks doesn't mean we shouldn't have a single fullback in the squad. Also playing with the inside forwards and the wings doesn't mean we should have a, have a single winger who can cross. I agree with this. I think we're missing certain profiles. Uh, again, all of these things are another part of the picture yeah. why our attacking players are a bit stale. Yeah. And we can, you know, if we did have, you know, I was thinking in the first half, if we had a Kieran Tierney, mate, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And we have, we have slightly yeah. squad built ourselves into a hole. Yeah, but the thing, this is why, you know, when you when you bring, so so there's advantages and disadvantages of this, right? So if you, if you, for example, if you're looking at left back, and if you just have a squad where you have three or four left backs who are very stylistically similar, that allows you to enable continuity to stay in place if you get injuries. However, when you are a team that has has been effectively marked by Arsenal. Other teams are analysing them. You need more variety. So that's where that becomes a disadvantage because, mm -hmm. yes, you're enabling continuity, but teams have kind of figured you out in that yep. aspect. So you need something else. But the point about inverted fullbacks, we didn't play with an inverted fullback yesterday. Zinchenko was high and wide. Ben White was moving wide. We played effectively the 3-1 and then we pushed others forward. And this is, you know, uh, there's also a narrative where people are suggesting that Arsenal are not 
hitting the box with the same volume as last season in terms of numbers. We are doing way more this season. I can guarantee you that. And I want that number. Is there a graph somewhere? I want that graph. <laughs> I want that graph to come out. I swear. We are we are crushing That's the box. bomb. Get it out. <laughs> That's forgetting. I think they they got it out towards this time last year as well. Actually. I can just imagine it on your bedroom, like it's on your bedroom order. You just like blowing it up above my bed. There's like a bit of a, a, a lean over, and I imagine yeah. like on your equivalent, it's just there, and you fall asleep at night. Like what? What? All right, you've you've caught me out. Basically, I'm thinking early in the morning. Oh, I can't think of anything to tweet about. Let me rinse that tweet. Let me rinse it as a reminder <laughs> that there's always content. But I, I do think. Probably. Yeah, I do think that this season we are crashing the box way more than last season, but it's a lot more congested because of how deep teams are. You yeah. know, and, and the number of touches kind of illustrate this as well. This is this is the whole thing, is and we've we've gone kind of around the houses slightly, but I think that's that's because there are there's so many aspects to why this is happening. It's not just we're moving the ball too slowly. It's not just the line height. That was a specific thing against Forest that I noticed. It's not just the profiles, is it it's everything all together. But what that tells me as well is you know, we're still, what are we, second, third? You know, we're still, we're still a couple of points off. You know, we're talking about very, very far, you know, moving a line height here. So we're not far away here. We're not sat here going, you know, we literally can't win games. We literally, you know, we're, st- we're still getting over the line most most of the time. And, um, lo- and we don't, have we not had two first team starters available for the whole season? Yeah, we haven't had Partey and Timber. And I think the yeah. way we approach the final third would be so different with those two in. And the whole idea would have been different. I want to spend most of this looking at some unpopular opinions because I think that'll be funny. So people in the chat uh, get... Uh, oh, yes, and Patrick Dawson. I'm, all, I'm terrible at this. Like the video, all right? <laughs> Subscribe to the channel. And if you don't, I'll do something. I'll think of, I'll think of something, but thank you. Um... Yes, do all that, do all that good stuff. But I want to spend most of it looking at unpopular opinions. So if you're in the chat, you're watching us live now. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, uh, giving you giving up your first evenings to to watch us waffling, um, uh, and watch Rohan untangle headphones. But yeah, get your unpopular opinions ready because we will be coming to those a little bit later. I've got like there's like 250 comments on YouTube. So we obviously won't get through all of them. And like, See, I thought you're gonna use three... a. I was thought... Sorry, I thought you were going to do a video on that. I didn't know it was going to be on here. No, no, I'll, I'll do yeah, that yeah. as well. I'll do that as well. But there's so many unpopular opinions that I feel, I feel like we can, you know, we can we can run through a few here. Uh, so yeah, get those ready. But we do have a big game on Sunday, Rohan. I asked the question. Yes. If I said to you right now, guaranteed, you get a point Sunday. Yeah. Do you take it? Good yeah. answer. Good yeah, answer. I asked that question earlier, and loads of people replied to me and were like. Oh, this is ridiculous. Why on earth? I'm like, I want a win. I'm not saying I'm just, I was interested. And I, I ran the poll. Any guesses what the numbers would be of fans who would take a draw versus those who wouldn't? Anyone oh, take a guess? Take a, take a guess think, in the chat. I think the Liverpool result yesterday has pushed it towards that side of, you know, I'd take a draw. Um, so what, so what, I think. What are the numbers? Yeah, I reckon 58% would take a draw. You reckon 58% would take a draw? No, actually, no, 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 no. Seventy percent would take a draw. In the chat, in the chat, let me know yeah. before I reveal it. How many you think? How many you think of? I think it was two. How many people have answered? Three thousand two hundred twenty-three votes. So a decent, yeah, and you know, Arsenal fans who like like the different knocks. So that, you know, they're probably they're not, you know. I'll say they're not idiots. Ninety um, percent wouldn't take. Says Matthew Keys. Tr says sixty forty. I'm not sure which way. 
Um, but yeah, I think I th- I was I was really shocked by this. Um, I'll uh, I'll reveal it. Okay. What so what was yours again? I said seventy would take a draw. Seventy percent would take a draw. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thirteen point seven percent would take oh, a draw. Good. 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 That is really encouraging. Yes. Really We're encouraging. We're at home, Alex. We're at home. Yeah. We're I am. Um... We also. Go on. We also don't have much margin for error. We, we say this. We say this. Yeah. I just think the league, I always think any kind of early prediction, any like, oh, if we don't win this game, we won't win the league in February. I'm just yeah. like... I, I hear on. that, but this is, against your, this is against your rivals. And, and, no, and no, no. We, we, and, no, other, no other perspectives allowed. I'm no, right. but the, <laughs> the biggest frustration that we could look back on this season is the fact that Fulham have taken four points from us. Yeah, mate. If we sort those Fulham games out, this is the issue. This is We're, the issue. Oh. The Fulham games. The Fulham games. Yeah, that's that's the biggest. We're problem. literally we're we're matching Liverpool because we got one point out of the two games. Yeah. No. Four points out of the no no one point out of the two games. Yeah, one point out of the two games. So they took five points off us. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, I looked at it from Fulham's perspective that they won one, they drew yeah. one, so four yeah. points. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, engineering degree, but can't do math. <laughs> Wow! Wow! Broad engineer, broad engineer. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I just look at that and I go, if we draw, if we drew, mm-hmm. I don't think you can say it's over. Yeah, like, no, I'm not, it's I'm not, not saying over. it's a good result. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a good result. I want to win. How funny is it that online discourse has got to the point where someone could accuse you of not wanting to win? <laughs> Obviously, I want to win. But my point is that if we drew, I'm not saying I take a draw, and I'm not saying I'm not saying, but. I I don't think it's the world's worst result. Yeah, you're just reducing the margin that you have to play with as you um, it, with a draw. You know, I think yeah. if you lose the game, you're not out of it, but you, it's it's getting yeah. tougher and tougher. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. How do you feel we should set up as we did in the FA Cup? And how many minutes is Mohamed Salah going to play? Do, do you, oh, tell you what, did you get a little bit scared from that 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 post from his? Yeah, I, I literally a, finished work and I, I thought, saw oh. a re- I saw a reel that was like Mohamed Salah walking and I was like, oh god! <laughs> it was just him going like, "Cheers, guys!" I was like, "He's walking. He's going to play. He's going to play." <laughs> For me, the biggest uh, the the biggest worry that I've always had against Liverpool has been Trent, not Salah. Yeah, Trent but 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 Trent because of Salah in a way. Yes. Yep. 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 Do you know what I mean? That's fair. Um. um I would set up the way that we did in the FA Cup game. You know, it was one of the, one of a few games this season where we went man to man from the get go. We were very brave. We man marked Trent wherever he went, and that's something that we didn't do at Anfield. If you look at the 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 build up to the goal that they actually scored, Trent has far too much space, and you can't allow a player like that that much time and space to receive and and look look further ahead to play that switch. You know, and and that's something that we mitigated in the FA Cup game. Mm-hmm. And I would set up very similarly. I would mm-hmm. bring Jorginho back in the team, uh, personally. Um, I think that we are a little bit handicapped at left-back because I think Kivior... You know, we talk about Zinchenko's defensive um, deficiencies in 1v1 scenarios in isolation out wide. Kivior has exactly the same issues, in my opinion, um, in those scenarios. So, do you not agree? 
I, I think Kivio strength is defending out wide, but I wouldn't go as far as that. No, I, I think Kivio, he, he can't. He gets far too square on when when he's one v one out wide, and what that means is that he can't shift his body across quickly to to kind of force him to go either inside or outside. Um, you know, there there are some examples. The PSV game, there are moments in the Liverpool FA Cup game as well where Saliba actually did really well to make a last ditch tackle to prevent that from happening. Um, and I just think the the for all of the, Zinchenko's flaws in terms of lapses in concentration, 1v1 defending out wide in isolation, um, and also dealing with long diagonal switches, which could be an argument to say Kivior should be in the team because Kivior with his height is going to mm. help you more in dealing with mm. that. But I think Zinchenko's benefits in possession outweigh what Kivior can bring I, at I left agree. back. I so, agree. And, um, I, and, I'd, and I'd rather... <laughs> this, is the fr- this was my whole frustration with the Liverpool game, is that don't get Zinchenko 1v1. <laughs> like yes. it's not as simple as, oh, he should like we we knew we knew before the game he wasn't yeah. good 1v1. We knew yeah. during the game he wasn't good 1v1, and we knew after it. So yes. at some point you have to go. It's like someone asking me to to do your job. It's like, yeah. well, I've literally got no clues. So don't put me yeah. in that position. So we and we can exactly. use Gabrielle in a different way. We can use Martin in a different and- way. And, 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 and how you mitigate that from happening is by pressing a little bit more aggressive from the get-go man-to-man because you're yeah. not allowing them time and space on the ball. So at Anfield, this is one of the criticisms that I had of Arteta on that game is that our press was very similar in terms of it was very zonal before it would go man-to-man in certain scenarios. But we sat off Liverpool a lot um, in many moments in the first half yeah, and played in a settled block. So when you're, when you're in a settled block, and you're allowing someone like Trent time and space on the ball, there are going to be moments in which Zinchenko is 1v1 out wide. And that is the unfortunate situation you put yourself in if you take that approach. But in the FA Cup game, there weren't many many moments where our fullbacks were 1v1 because we pressed really high yeah. from the get-go. So Such a good point. What's, in, what's Zinchenko really good at? Aerially, he's fantastic. So if you force them long, I back Zinchenko in 1v1s against Jota in the air deeper not in the box, because Jota is a monster in the box in the air, aerially. But in terms of when Zinchenko coming to meet the ball versus Jota trying to hold it off, I back Zinchenko with his momentum to win headers because he does that a lot. Um, so, so that's the point worth noting. But I would also, it's not a game for an inverted fullback. It's a game for spreading the fullbacks wide because Liverpool pressing this 4-3-3. Yeah. And you can use Zinchenko like that. I don't mind about that because yes, he's can. technically secure. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's do some some questions. Uh, Jacob Alexander says, Trent's my biggest worry. He's cost us a minimum of five goals in the last five minutes with Liverpool. I think probably more. Uh, <coughs> Jesus. Um, Alex, can you make a preview video for Liverpool game? I feel more relaxed for the game. No, because I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Are you not? I'm actually I'm not making, really relaxed. I'm not making a preview video for a game that I'm terrified oh, of. Because yeah, yeah. I'll be like Mate, this. I... We're, we're going to be fine, guys. Um, uh... <laughs> I, I'm uh, so confident we're going to win this game. Uh, she's deluded, mate. Nicholas Kiara <laughs> says, Your new vid on Arsenal not playing the youngsters coming right as Ibrahim and Leon Souza leave permanently was a bit surprising. I've just made a video breaking down the six arguments against, uh, no, what is it? Six, all of the arguments I hear from people who say the youth thing is just a joke and we shouldn't care about it. Because again, I like on the spectrum, I don't know where you sit. I'm not like in, oh my God, it's the most important thing in the world. But I also think there's people here who are like, stop whining about it. It's like it's he hasn't played many youth players. It's okay. He's yeah. he's allowed to not be very good at something. That's fine. Yeah. But you can't lie and be like, look at Jurgen Klopp giving. I think it's I, I sent the video fifty five academy debuts, one every fifty one days. 
and, and Arteta's at 150 or something, one every 150 days. Two of them, yeah. I think, were forced because of Winery and, and Balogun. It's like, it's okay. Or if we if you think we don't have the players, if you don't, we don't have the players, that's fine. But then we've got another problem with Hayland. So, you know, whatever. So, I, yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, Ibrahim and Leonardo Souza, do you care? Again, right. I don't. I, unfortunately, no, I don't just, watch a lot of the academy. About, you just don't care about it. That's fine. <laughs> I do. I do. I do think that we need to push more loans out for sure. Yeah, uh, we need that's to use something the loan. That we need to, I, 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 yeah. No, sorry, no. sorry to cut you off, but one, one thing I will say about the loan thing is, like, name me a club in the world who use the loan market well. Do you know what I mean? So, like, as much yeah, as yeah. I think we could use it better, like Chelsea, yeah. maybe like Gallagher and Colwell, but also the talents there. So, you know. Uh, Patrick Dawson says one hour 30 minutes left on the transfer window by the way guys I literally couldn't I didn't even know I didn't even notice didn't even notice right let's uh, and Matthew Keyes agrees with you he's very uh, very confident in a win uh, okay let's do this Rohan our unpopular Arsenal opinions uh, how am I going to do this so I'll read them out no I'll Let's let's scroll down with it. See, this is I'm not Faisal, so I don't have um uh I don't have the the, the presenting skills, so forgive it's not me. Good enough, is it? It is it isn't good enough. It isn't good enough. There you go. Um <laughs> <laughs> so let's look at on Twitter first. Let's let, just scroll through. Let's see if there's any sort of take on mind. Shamsdor says Kai Havertz is the second best center forward option in our squad. George Taylor, Arsenal fans will have to accept that by the time our squad peaks, Saliba won't be there. Oh, we could we I could I've, I've got thoughts on that. I think a player of Saliba's caliber, you know, you know, you know, when we we hear about players loving the club, you know, and and you hear them, you know, on social media showing how much they care, etc. Players like Saliba, the reality is, is that if we don't win major honors, yeah, he's gone. He won't be here. He's gone. And fair so enough. I don't, I don't necessarily agree. I don't agree that uh, by the time our squad peaks, because I do think the way that we perform both the eye test and the numbers from a sustainability point of view, everything points towards Arsenal winning major honours. It does, you know. So I think we will we will get there. Um, so therefore, Saliba will be here as part of the plans for the future. But if we don't... In the next round, we'll be there. <laughs> if we don't, he will leave. He will leave. He could, he could start for any team in the world. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, is a waste of a squad place should move on from him in the summer all our forward options should be game changers from Sazid Khan on X oh no I wouldn't agree with that <laughs> visionary Arsenal says Gabby Jesus is Ramsdale but on the front side he is unreliable, makes killer mistakes and misses and won't win as the Premier League unless miraculously change his game overnight I agree a team with Gabby Jesus as a number nine isn't going to win a Premier League. But I also think a team with a Gabby Jesus is obviously is one five capable of winning titles with, with Jesus playing a big role. I just okay. think it's certain games. We need something else. And we know that we've known that for a long time. Again, it's like it's like bashing Zinchenko, which people do. I'm like. What, yeah, for his defense. Yeah, you're right. He isn't very good defensively. <laughs> so we knew that. Um, but the uh, on 1v1, certainly. Okay, um, but, but, with, but with Jesus, I yeah, yeah. I think we need a different type of centre forward in certain games. And I just think 
He can play a big role off both wings, play at centre forward sometimes, even maybe play even further back. I'm not completely I'm not completely shut off from that. Some people have said that. I don't I don't put him in the Ramsdale camp though. I think he's you just got to use his, his strengths. Do you think Arsenal would have won the league if Saliba stayed fit for the whole season? Well, now you found a flaw in my logic. So that's what um, oh, maybe you're right. Yeah, because I did. Right, move on. <laughs> uh, ESR and uh, I was about to say Mesut Ozil. Martin Erdegaard needs to swap sides. Erdegaard should build more and let's allow Emil to connect with others on the right. Trying to use the skipper's drifting habit as an advantage is slowing us down. Okay. Shall I go for this one? If you want to. Yes. Um, so I think there's... there's um, So in terms of a balanced point of view, what does Mar- what is Martinelli going to thrive more behind him? A passer. What is Saka arguably going to thrive more with? Someone who's going to provide that overlap dynamically, which is what Ben White does, but how? But you could reduce the burden that's placed on his shoulders to provide that overlap by having someone like Smith Rowe. So from a balanced point of view, I agree there. Um, I wouldn't agree with the um, the point that he makes about Erdegaard should build more because he is building more. He is building more. That's something that has changed and reverted back to last season's role. Um, and that doesn't have to be strictly speaking on the left-hand side he's doing that for the right-hand side but also more freedom to drift to the left so I think I think it, I would, I'd like to see this um, to combat certain game states where we need to try different things I think Arteta is rigid at times in terms of his number eights normally mm. where they start um, but I, I, I do also think that Erdegaard um, I do like how he builds through the right-hand side where he receives it um, yeah. but I think the benefits nice, Martin, yeah yeah, but Martinelli would benefit probably, but would definitely benefit from having an Erdegaard um, on the left hand side, predominantly. Even though he's been doing it a lot, um, situation. Rasmus says Havertz has been a really good signing so far, just not on the things we are expecting him to do or what we thought he would be doing for us before he joined. I don't mind that actually. I think the thing with Havertz is I'd sort of. I'm going through a bit of a sort of a referendum with him at the moment. I think all of those things that we see, here's the thing with a lot of football players, they have the talent. The question mark is always whether they can get on the pitch and whether they can do it and whether they can be effective. It's not about whether they can do the thing or not. It's about whether they can actually, actually put it into effect on the, sorry, the question mark is not whether they can do it in theory. Question mark is whether they do do it in practice. That's, that's always the thing. You get to this level, you you've got talent. I think with Havertz, at the moment, I just don't see enough game affectation. And <coughs> as much as you're then looking and you're judging him through parameters of like, yeah, he's doing these really brilliant things and that's what we've got to focus on. But actually, if I was being fair, am I looking for those things because I'm missing something else? I probably am. Yeah, I think... The way I look at it with Havertz is, first, he's not being used the way that I would potentially, I, I would like. Um, and I think, the, the, to cut it really short, is that we're trying to maximise Kai Havertz when he plays left centre mid on paper by pushing him higher. And, and that is creating a negative ripple effect on others around him, like Martinelli, who's constrained to touchline. So we're trying to maximise Havertz. And if you're going to do that, that is going to be at the expense of someone like Martinelli's output. You can see the shot locations that he has. It is nowhere near in, in and around the box as it was last season. That's because mm. Havertz is occupying that space. So if you're doing that, and bearing in mind Martinelli is, for me, our best finisher, 
Um, and I believe our top scorer of last season, uh, alongside Saka. Um, Martinelli. Yeah, is it Martinelli? Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, Martinelli. Yeah, I think so. In the Premier League, I can't, I can't remember the top of my head. Um, and usually I remember these things. Um, and Havertz is not giving that output at the moment to justify us trying to maximise him. So, and you have to look at the transfer fee, right? I actually really like Kai Havertz. Yeah. He's still not yeah, being used in our one thing, but I don't think he is. I don't think he has been a really good signing so far, yeah. based on those things. I do. I do think a more traditional centre forward would suit Havertz because he can play off him. I think yeah. we've never really seen Havertz, apart from when he was at Bayer Leverkusen, which is when he was at his best. With was it Schick playing off a proper backboard number nine? I think he. I think he would, as the kids say, cook. But I also would like but, him to have more minutes as a number nine as well, Alex. Personally. Yeah, I like I, him. I, I think someone at the beginning said uh, Havertz is our second. Yeah. Sham says Kai Havertz is the second best centre forward option on our squad, and I agree. Uh, this is from Harv Reynolds, who says Saliba and Rice are the only players that get into every other team in the world. Um, okay, I think that is true, mm-hmm. but I think there are other. That's because they play in the positions they play in for us. I think Bakayo Saka and Martin Erdegaard would play for others, but I think Saka would might play somewhere else for somewhere else, maybe in the centre or on the left. And I think Erdegaard might play on the other side. I think, yeah, so what you're saying is that, you know, there might be players in their positions in which they are not favoured, but their talent gets them into the team in yeah. some way, shape. Somewhere, yeah. But I think Saliba and Rice get into the team as they are. Yeah, I, I, I think that. Arian says, we are set for an era of domination post-Pep and Klopp. So I think right now we are the best placed 100%. And I I don't disagree with that. My only worry is if there's going to be a lot of managerial change this summer. A lot. And I think, and, and also at some point, Pep is going to go. Now, no one's going to replace Pep but what you might get is it is it, it's going to the, the league is going to be a different shape. It's been the same shape really for almost ten years at this point. Mm-hmm. Yep. City at the top, Liverpool challenging and occasionally triumphing, and then a group of challengers. We've risen out of that group of challengers, or you know, and, and group of challengers who have always been changing: Chelsea, United, Spurs at times, ours, and we've kind of come out of that pack and become the sort of the the lady in waiting. But I. I do think the shape of the league is going to change. And I don't know when the shape of the league changes, what that looks like. You just don't know what next managerial appointment is going to come in at, you know, what, what happens if a Carlo Ancelotti comes in at Liverpool? What happens if a Julian Nagelsmann picks up a Chelsea with the backing of that kind of money and makes them proper? You just don't know. Right now, as we sit here, I think Arsenal are the best challengers, but I do worry about, the possibility of a of, of something else? I, I think, for me, if we continue with the trajectory that we are on right now, the chances are of Arsenal dominating the post-Pep and Klopp era are way higher than the um, than, than not happening. But, but it's something that you can't predict because you don't know what change is going to happen. Yeah, that's my point. Um, yeah. But, I, I, but I, I do think Pep Guardiola, you cannot replace him. You, you you can't because we cannot figures. we cannot replace him. 
it was too good to not do that. <laughs> but yeah, you can't. This is this is this is the greatest manager that I've ever seen. You know the 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 way that you know we talk about the financial doping, and it is very valid. But one of his best assets is how he keeps players motivated. Winning three titles in a row. No one ever. Did, did Fergie do that once? I know he's won it. Maybe once, success. yeah. He didn't win it yeah. four times in a row, and I think he might he do it. Four times in a row, that's it. Yeah, I think Mourinho has also won it um, in succession with Chelsea. But he, he's, yeah, he's just a different animal, you know, and, yeah. and take him out of the equation. It, do you know what I watched really... again the other day? That that interview after, I think it was City 4, Spurs 2, sort of this time-ish last year. And he was just yeah. calling out everyone. He was going... Like yeah, we won, but we don't. We're not. We don't play with the guts. The fire in the belly, oh, like yeah, all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And you're just like, mate, this guy. And you know, and and also the news of of Klopp this week. Oh, we haven't discussed that. Maybe we can come to that at the end. Um, the news of Klopp this week coming out is a kind of like. It makes me think, and and admire Guardiola even more because you know someone as as fighting. And I think part of what Klopp is is he plays on that level of he's so energized, and that's kind of what makes him good. But I do think, you know, the, the longevity that Guardiola has shown, the patience and time to come back year after year after year, especially now when City still spend money. I'm not saying that, but it's not, but I don't think you can level it. You could in the, maybe the first, like the last half of sort of 2015 to 2020, City with the biggest spenders. But now, since in the last sort of five years, there's been mass, other, other people who spent huge amounts of money, like us. So it's not, you know, he's not, He's not going out. He didn't, they didn't get Declan Rice. They didn't go and get Harry Maguire. They didn't get Alexis. You know, so so I, I I know there's the financial doping questions, and that's I'm not I'm not in any way suggesting City haven't spent money. He's on a shoestring budget, but I think some sometimes people put it into like City are just up here spending ridiculous amounts of money, and that's why he wins. And I don't think that's fair. I don't. Think I, fair. I think I think the motivation thing is is massive. We talk about tactics, but no, not many managers are able to kind of consistently get that same tune out of team. Season in, yeah, season yeah, that's season, that's season because imagine that you know, you imagine you win a Premier League title two years in a row, and I will, and you will, you will, it's coming to you. You're not hit your peak years yet, exactly. <laughs> You've not hit your peak years yet, but imagine you win a Premier League title two years in a row, and then in the following season, the going gets a little bit tougher. You don't have that same motivation as you did when you were yeah. trying to win it. They're humans, as much as, as I, yeah. I know we talk about the money that they're on, etc. but they are humans and that motivation plays a massive factor. The fact Big that time. he continues to get motivation out of these players consistently is a testament to who he is. However, I've, I would slightly disagree with the money aspect because I think City's squad, the way that it was built, has allowed him not to spend... Yeah, yeah, that's that, but that's yeah. what I mean, is that, yeah. is that that argument loses credence. Yeah, In the yeah, first sure. five years, yes. Yeah. Absolutely, he spent loads of money, and he should should be winning it. But the last five years, which is in addition to what you were saying about motiv, you know, motivating the players, keeping things fresh, whatever. You know, Carl Walker's been there for years. De Bruyne's been there yeah. for years. Edison's been there for years. Diaz has been there for years now. Yeah. You know, like as you know, Rodri's been there for years now. Bernardo Silva's. You know, a lot of that team have been there for years now. So it's not like they're just spending hundred million pounds. You know, every window yes, yeah, and, yeah. and getting it done in the last five years is my is my point. But if we look at Matthew Keyes' last point as well. You don't get ninety nine points without being an elite tactician. Let's be real, and that's so true. Like ninety nine points is ridiculous. And he's hit ninety points in how many seasons? I think it's three, three seasons, which he's hit it's ninety crazy. points. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, 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 the I only like player you like what? I like I like this little uh, unpopular thing. Okay, well, we'll do it again then. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Shower me. <laughs> the only player in the squad who has the potential to become best in the world in their position 
is Saliba and maybe Saka too if we're only counting right wingers. I don't agree on potential. I think I agree Saliba has the potential to have to be the best wide player in the world. Sorry, sorry best centre back in the world. I think Martinelli, if we're counting sides of wingers, has the potential at 28, 29 to be the best left winger in the world for a while. I think Saka has the potential to be the best something in the world. I think Rice has the potential to be the best in the world. It depends on for how long. Here's a, maybe a, another question or maybe a better question. Who has the potential to dominate their position for longest? And I think Saliba would be that. Saliba, but I also think Rice as well. I think there will always be DMs who slightly play the game, who play the game slightly differently. Here's another theory I've had recently. And I will tell you. I think reputation changes slower the further back you go in the uh, on the pitch. So I think a goalkeeper can be terrible, or not terrible, but can have dropped their level. Like Manuel Neuer or Alisson or Edison could yeah. have, to like a, a, a specific observer, not very good for about, or to their level, you know, not as good as they have been, for about three months before people notice. I think for a striker, you've got like three games before, you know, before people start saying, well, Haaland's not scoring. And I think, and I think that happens the, the further you go back. So I think it helps because like goalkeepers, if you think about it, like I, I bet if you put who's considered the best attacker in the world over the last 20 years and you put all the names in, there'd be more names than there would be at goalkeeper. There'd be a couple more names at centre-back. There'd be a couple more names in midfield. and There'd be loads of names in terms of the best forward in the world at a certain point. Because I think the scrutiny on each position kind of dies down. And I think as a centre-back, you do have quite a lot of space once you get there to not necessarily make mistakes, but I think you can be below your level for a little bit. And you get a, you get a larger sample of core games. Yeah. Yes, I think but so. I, all, I think that comes down to what's more interesting for the the common fan to look at. Yeah. They look at striker yeah. and forwards, and also there's gonna there's a greater pool of forwards in the world relative to a greater pool of goalkeepers. Yeah, Reese Nelson could do what Martinelli does. He's just not been given consistent good game time, and injuries have played a part. Okay, so I I hear this. I I I love Reese Nelson. I, I think the way that we yeah, are pushing them. Havertz, hmm? marrying them. What's that? All right then. <laughs> How have we got to this? <laughs> but on, I sir. think the way that I, th I think the way that we when we have Havertz play on paper left centre mid, and the way that we're pushing him really high and occupying that central space, someone like Reese Nelson is going to be able to retain the ball better, in my opinion, than Martinelli or on par uh, when he's receiving out wide touchline. So I hear that point. But if you look at the game against Forest, and for me, one of the big takeaways was the symmetry that we saw for our play, both for the right and the left. So what we were able to do for the right, we could do for the left with the rotation of Smith-Rowe, Jesus. Yes, but, 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 I, but the point that we're making is that Martinelli, in the role that he has had predominantly this season, hasn't been of a finisher. It's been someone who's been constrained more touchline. So if I'm looking at that, what do you need someone to be able to do in a controlled-based environment, which is what we have become more of this season? It's someone who's going to retain the ball from the wings and then we move it side yeah. to side and pick our moments. Reese Nelson's very good at retaining the ball. He's kind of Grealish-esque in that aspect. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't give it away cheaply. So. Yeah. I, th I think he. I think he was disagreeing with KJ. I, what I would oh, say right. is, I don't oh, think right. it's yeah, fair. Sorry, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, so defensive, wasn't he, Matthew? <laughs> Jesus, 
horrible. Really showing his true character. <laughs> I felt I, so bad there. I, felt... <laughs> I think the, the wording on yeah. this, I don't, I don't. It's a false equivalence. It's like saying Tierney could do what Saka does. It's like it's just not. It, I don't know. It's, it, for me, they're very, very, very different players. Exactly. Yeah. So and they play in different ways. I can't imagine imagine Reese Nelson stretching a line in the way Martinelli does. I can't imagine finishing the way Martinelli does. But I also can't imagine, as you say. The ball retention, the drive inside, the maybe the moments of um, sort of explosivity that Nelson can show. So they're just different players. And I think for Arsenal, maybe the question is, for Arsenal, what have we needed? Maybe we've needed more of a Reese Nelson profile at times on the left-hand side to make things happen. Yes. That, that's, that's something else. Particularly the way that we've been using Havertz. We're trying to maximise Havertz even more. Yeah. There's an argument for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Matthew was saying he disagrees with the tweet. So there's just no need for you to be so rude to him. Just incredible. <laughs> incredible, really. <laughs> uh, let's do a couple more before we do some Klopp chat. Uh, we, AFC Harry, we have the third best chance of winning the UCL this season out of every club. So I think he's got, what, City and... Um, City and Bayern, more Madrid, Bayern maybe? Madrid, you've, got, yeah. you've got to put Bayern in there. You've yeah. got to put Madrid in there. You've got to put City in there. Um... Madrid are there very much for the that inevitability. I'd say we're fourth. But I, I back us I, I back us to beat those teams over two legs. Bar City will be difficult. Yeah. Um I'd back us to beat Real Madrid over two legs with our fully fit team. With a fully fit, fully fit. I thought I was deluded. Um <laughs> Paul Kedia says Kai will become an Arsenal great. <laughs> Oh, I hope so, Paul. I really do. So you're saying you hate Kai Havertz? Yeah, I am. Yeah, nice. I'm saying field tilt's the most important thing. Um, did you see all that with uh, with with my mate Lee? Lee. So someone got the bit we do on the Cannon Pod about field tilt, and got a bit of the video. Which, in fairness, you can't really tell whether I'm joking or not. But like in the context of the, it's like picking out like like minute 40 of this stream and pretending you haven't seen the 40 minutes before. And then it was basically me going, but lads, we want a field tilt, so we'll take it. He sends it to Lee Gunner. Lee Gunner picks it up and it's now like, he, it's, it's like a bit he does and he mocks, so he'll go, he'll go um, uh, we will take it, lads, we'll take it. <laughs> He's just missed the joke. Fair enough. It, it, in, Lee, in Lee's defense, I will never defend Lee Gunner much, but in Lee's defense, if you just watch the video, I think it isn't clear. But it is, it's, it's really funny. It makes me laugh. Oh, actually, uh, I, I think uh, when Lee Gunner was on, on Twitter, I, I he, used to, he used to follow me. And I used to follow him at the time as well because I didn't know much about him. I didn't know much about him. And we actually never had any uh, issues. Never. He just needs therapy. Um, so... Rohan, yes. Jurgen Klopp, mm. leaving Liverpool. Yeah. Where were you? Working. Good. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was what at like. Yeah, it was like Friday. It was like a Friday morning, wasn't it? I was Friday on my morning. way to work. I was working uh, from home though. I was working from home. And I got a text from my Liverpool fan, uh, friend fan with just a couple of sad emojis, and I went what, and then looked on Twitter, and then. Here we go, boys. I think it's massive. I think we're, we're not a Liverpool podcast, so we won't obviously 
uh, linger on it too long in terms of the specifics of the, the Klopp situation. I do believe he is knackered. I think I, I said it, but I don't want to repeat myself. I've said this on the Ripple Effect this week. I do think he's knackered. I do think there's things behind the scenes. Like he can't be, he, he can't be sat there knowing that maybe he's not going to get the level of investment that Arsenal are going to get or Spurs are going to get or Chelsea are going to get or, and, and feel like he can go again if he's already feeling tired, which I think he probably is because he, you know, he does go on the edge. Uh, and I also think without Salah and so on, I think there's a there's question marks. But it means a possible opportunity opens up for us. And I also think it puts a ticking time bomb on Pep Guardiola. I also think, here's a scenario my friend put to me today, and I thought, yes, that's interesting. Say Klopp goes to manage Madrid, which I can see happening. I can see Klopp at some point in the future going to manage Madrid. He'll probably want to manage in Spain. Huge club. It's the sort of club that I, th- I think he'd suit. And Guardiola goes back to Barcelona. You have Klopp and Guardiola again. Could there be a bit of a power shift in terms of the top five European leagues if they stay there long enough where the players get attracted to Madrid and Barca? People want to be in that league. I think a lot of what's happened in the Premier League is because clubs players are attracted to Liverpool and City and then they want to join the league to kind of be part of that. And that's be part of the best coaches. That's a possibility, but, but for the, at the moment, the money is in the Premier League. You know. Um, yeah, yeah, for now. Yeah, for, now. So, so for now, for now, so that that could happen. That could happen. And um, I, I, yeah. Patrick Dawson says, is it weird that I'll miss Klopp, but I wouldn't miss Pep at all? My antipathy for that bold menace can't be measured. I quite like yeah, Pep, but I, I will miss Klopp genuinely, and I don't mind saying that. I will miss him. Um, I, I think won't. he, I, I think not in a foot, not in a football sense, and I also yeah, think he's yeah. been a bit rude to some reporters. Yeah. But for the entertainment value to the league 100%. and the football he's played, I've loved it. And also the model that he's brought in, and also what what's the you know people are kind of um, comparing it to to Ferguson and Wenger. You know the the squads that were inherited for the manager coming in were were not were, the, the the Liverpool squad that he's leaving is in a in a, in a strong place. Although yeah. obviously you have the Salah factor, you have the Van Dijk factor, their futures and their uncertainties. That's something that they will have to. Um, that's massive because they're two all timers, you know, in the Premier League. That they're, they're all timers, yeah. But yeah. but with with or without Klopp, that's going to have an impact on on Liverpool, regardless. I think from a footballing sense, he a lot of what we've done in terms of our model and how we built the squad. Granted, Liverpool started from the front and moved backwards. We started from the back and moved forwards. But that's because of how each squad was, you know. And, for, and um, how the managers are. It's very, it's very club are. and very Arteta to exactly. do that. Exactly. Yeah. But also, you know, it's from, from Arteta's sense, you know, we had Aubameyang, we had Lacazette, we had Pepe. We spent massive amounts of money on our forward line at the time. It made sense for us to secure build-up. Yeah, and yeah. we're still trying to do that now, you know. We're still yeah, going to yeah. we're still continue, consistently we'll still, doing we'll, that. We will sign another versatile defender this summer. That's <laughs> going to happen. Yeah. Um, whereas Klopp went more towards the other way. The biggest, the, the one thing I admire about Klopp, and it's what I admire about Arteta and teeth. any manager who does this, teeth, for sure, is that he always stayed true to his principles, always stayed true to his philosophy. He didn't care what people thought. So many times in his first season, they were conceding like three or four goals. They're scoring mm. like five. You're thinking that's not sustainable. And it's not, but he was making sure that his blueprint on that Liverpool team was there straight mm. away. You knew what a Klopp team was. Had you have not watched Jurgen Klopp outside of uh, before he came to Liverpool, he would allow you to understand his identity within three or four games, you know, straight away. Yes. My only counterpoint to this is yeah. I agree, and I think because I agree and I, I love the way he's played, I like the fact that he, he did stick to the way he wanted to play football and so on and so forth. Is like what we're seeing with Ange at the minute is this sort of like 
Yeah. Oh, he sticks to his principles. How brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there is a shelf life on that. There is. Klopp got through that and he showed that, that those principles are great. But I think sometimes people go, well, he sticks to his principles. It's like, yeah, they just lost 4-0. Well, he sticks yeah. to his principles. He's like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Adapt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there is, there is that element. Klopp yeah. got through that period, which is... Klopp that period, but also Klopp consistently showed really good levels of talent ID as well. You yeah, know, true, that's something true. that Andrew will have to do because yeah, Salah yes, for thirty-five million, like that, that it's, it's ridiculous. That that's the difference, right? He stayed oh, true man. to his principles, but his talent ID enabled him to maintain those principles. Whereas Arteta is slightly different because Arteta stayed true to his, his principles in his first season. However, he adopted an element of pragmatism in the FA Cup run. You know that got us that major honor, that that major trophy whilst respecting the opposition because he recognised that this team was not good enough to go toe-to-toe -to -toe mm -hmm. with other teams against Man City, against Chelsea. So he respected them, but he still maintained the principles that he stands by to this day. Look at the build-up to Aubameyang's goal in, in the FA Cup semi-final. That is an Arteta type of goal, you know, in terms of a team pressing onto you. But he showed pragmatism because he, he, he recognised that that is what was needed to get over the line. So that's where I think... Yes, you need to stay true to your principles, but also you do need to show an element of pragmatism in the high octane games. And, and Jürgen Klopp has done that as well. He has done that. You know, I know he's, he's, he's renowned for the heavy metal football, which mm -hmm. is what you see consistently. But a lot mm -hmm. of big games as well, he has showed clear levels of pragmatism, whereas Ange hasn't done that. And Ange yep. is the problem. Yep. <laughs> Mate. <didn't> <laughs> Nicholas Kihara says, do you think there's a Liverpool exodus then? Because I feel Klopp is very much a factor on why some players joined outside of Texas. I agree on this. And I think a lot of their next decision for their manager, I think they might go for a name because I think they'll be thinking we don't want Van Dijk to leave, we don't want Trent to leave, we don't want Salah to leave, we, you know, unless they've resigned themselves to that. Yeah. I, I said this again on Ripple Effect this week, I would have gone for, uh, I would go for a Chabi Alonso for, for, for them because it's a very, because I think, I think with Liverpool have a very distinct idea of what I'm, the Liverpool is a city and Liverpool is a, a club and culture, a very distinct idea of what a manager is. Klopp, Paisley, Shankly, um, uh, Dalglish. Like, these are the, the they're, they're almost messianic figures. And I think if you go and get Deserby, what will happen is Deserby will play up to the messianic thing. And I don't think he has it in him. I think he's set up to fail. I think yeah. you need to go and go for a different type of manager, go for a manager who's maybe a bit more project, a bit more, at least on the surface anyway. Uh, and you could, you kind of, tactical in that sense you know in the kind of in the in the Arteta Guardiola Alonso type of type of mold you know people who are seen as tactical you know magicians or whatever Klopp you know again that's because of their their Spanish and whatever there's a there's a thing but from an external perspective I think you're setting your next manager up to fail if you put him in this Klopp 2.0 don't do that but if I'm Alonso I'm not going I'm 42 I'm set up to fail name me the last time there was an era of dominance at any club and the next manager comes in and tops that. Yeah. It doesn't happen. It yeah. doesn't happen. So it, 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 so I'd say just stay away. You've got 30, 40 years of this career left. Go and do that. But if I'm Liverpool, I get them. Get Alonso, sorry. And if I can't get Alonso, I imagine, based on this comment, I would go for a Tuchel. I would go for an Nagelsmann. I'd go for a, try and go for an Ancelotti. A name, not say Mourinho, but a name that you go, yeah. Also, Final question. Sorry. Yeah, cool. really quickly on that, you know, when, when I was looking at Liverpool signings in the summer, they didn't seem very like Klopp-like in terms of what he has been doing no, over the true. years. So 
So potentially, I think he's you know, known had, for a while. yeah. If, if a Jabby Alonso came in, I think the transition for Jabby Alonso coming in would be smoother because there are a lot of very much ball to feet players who are very technical, possession based, who are going to circulate the ball, like McAllister, for example. Stefan Badshetich would cook under Jabby Alonso. Yeah, and but, but there's a lot of those types of players who do really well. So I think the transition makes it smoother, and therefore it would make more. If a Jabby Alonso comes in. Maybe Jurgen Klopp had this idea that he was leaving potentially last summer, and if that is the case, then he's actually, um, you know, he, he's he's leaving that squad in a place that not is not only in in a, in a in a very good spot, but also in a place where the manager coming in, if it's a Jabby Alonso, can pick it up, and the teething issues won't be as much as what it potentially could have been mm-hmm. had, had had the recruitment not been yep. as, as good players. So. Okay, there's a debate going on in the comments. So to finish off, Rohan. Give me your top five Premier League managers of all time. Okay. Give it. Give us in the in the comments as well. Top five. The show. We want a top five in order, ranked number one best Premier League manager of all time to number five fifth best Premier League manager of all time. If you hadn't worked that out. But this is this is my preference, right? My preference. Yeah. This is this is how I see it. No, no, no. It must be objectively true. Pep. First, I've got a list. My list in my head. Yep. Go on. Pet first, um, for me, I would have Wenger second. Ferguson third. So biased. Come on. Come on. Fine. 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 Okay. Fine. That's why I asked. That's why I asked. My... Pet Ferguson Wenger. Mourinho Klopp. Yeah, those are my top five. But I think the order, Pep, Ferguson. I can't put Mourinho in. He's such a rat. But you he was he was rock, he was box office. You have Venga, to have Venga, no, yeah, Venga Klopp Mourinho. I don't yeah, think that's I fair. Think, I think I, th- I, I think, think that's biased. Well, <laughs> what you think, think maybe it, should be lower? I think if you were looking from the outside in, you'd probably think that's biased, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think people understand. But I wouldn't want Wenger lower than that. Again, it's like, it's the problem with all these things is it's, we all have different value systems and the the impact that Wenger had on the league, you don't, like, people don't appreciate that as much as, it's like, oh, well, you didn't want his titles. It's like, okay. They don't appreciate the state. don't appreciate what what happened, the seismic change, the, the, the like proliferation of the Premier League and the TV rights and all that stuff and the first team of like all black players and 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 the move from Highbury and the tr- training and nutrition all that like all of that was Wenger not just him but you know what I mean it was it was he was he was a massive spearhead of that but so, I don't think I don't think he gets enough credit for the stability that he maintained during those tough years before it got really toxic Arteta first Pep Klopp actually <laughs> uh, Ferguson your... Pep Wenger Jose Ranieri Mohamed says Guardiola Klopp Fergian, Mourinho and Wenger uh, Nick Chiara says Pep, Arsene, Fergie, Klopp, Mourinho uh, people uh, people forget Jose won it twice and then came back and did it again uh, says Ferguson, Wenger, Pep, Klopp, Mourinho and Patrick Dawson says Jose's 15 goal season will never be matched someone will probably go invincible unfortunately Ooh. Uh, oh, I, th- I think a 15 goal season will be more likely to be matched than invincible, but I think both will be broken. That's my prediction. Uh, oh, you think they'll be broken? Both, yeah. Rohan, yes. what were you going to ask me? 
I've completely forgotten now. <laughs> it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here. We'll be here every single Thursday moving forward. The time is going to change uh, because I've got some work I do earlier on, which is finishing up um, in the next couple of weeks. So we'll move it sooner. Rohan, where can they find you? On X? Well, I'm shadow banned, aren't I? Oh, yeah. Need to sort you out. We still need a new name for you. Oh, shadow. I need to sort this shadow ban out. I have no idea why oh, I do that. But no, I do you do. know what? I'm so bad at, at all of this, aren't I? I haven't done this the whole time. Didn't have that on. <laughs> I didn't put that. I didn't put this on. Should have had that the whole time. Because we've, we've been vibing too much. We've been vibing. And I forget about it. Forget about it. Uh, listen, pleasure as always, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Hope you enjoy these chats. I certainly do. I appreciate what you guys are in the comments. Um, I appreciate what, you, what you're watching and getting involved. Um, it's a nice community we have here at TDK. Especially you, Rohan. Cringe. Right, cringe. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's cringe. the cringest thing you've you seen on the internet today. Pleasure as always, folks. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next Thursday. Let's look forward to Liverpool on Sunday. Score prediction: three-one Arsenal. Oh my god! What are you going for? No, not three-one Arsenal. Go on then. One-nil. Oh, well, know that's who. not more likely. Are we keeping a clean sheet? Subscribe, like, bye. <laughs> Oh, no. oh wait, should I do? I think I should do this at the end. Oh no, I know I know what we should have. In, in, in. You don't like to touch vault? So I love it. So yeah, come, come. You don't like to touch vault? You don't like to touch vault? Touch vault? Touch vault? You don't like to 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 touch vault? The Korean guy and so I love 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 so I